0: Hi, everyone. My name is PK. And here I have Steve Elborn, who's joining me from Brisbane. In this episode, you know, what I did was I put out this post on my Facebook group, Australian Property Investor with PK. And what we what we did was like, I was like, I really want authentic grassroots, real stories from real investors to achieve three things for my audience. One, was inspiration, you know, like to kind of G you up to get you energized to to buy property. The second thing was like ideation. You know, you'll hear from Steve and so many other people. And it's like, if you can just pick up one idea, one golden nugget, that might just shift your trajectory like by two degrees to use shipping terms. But in 20 years' time that might mean hundreds of thousands of dollars. A difference. And the third reason was realization. I think everyone, not everyone, a lot of people that try to sell stuff in Australia in the property industry, they don't actually cover the downsides of property or the struggles or hardship and the the mental, I don't know, fortitude that it takes to be a, an investor for a long time. So ideation, inspiration, and realization. I'm hoping that this episode will bring you just that. But Steve's, uh, actually don't know too much about Steve, if I'm being honest, I'm learning his journey as are you guys right here as we hit record. So I do know that he volunteered, which I'm very, very grateful for. And and Steve, I, I really appreciate your time today.
1: No problem at all, no problem at all.
0: Welcome to the Oz Property Investment Mastery Podcast. My name's PK and I help busy people build passive income by buying top 5% growth, and cash flow property and build a portfolio using data without wasting months doing research, spending weekends at inspection or catching flights, or dropping ten dollars to $20,000 on buyer's agents every single time. So if you're confused, lack confidence, and just overwhelmed with all the information and marketing misinformation available online and don't know where to start, then this show is for you. All right. Well, let's let's um let's start from the start because you know you are in Brisbane, but you are from New South Wales. Initially, I think you said to me that you bought your first property at ninety four. Like, let's I don't know how old you were at that yeah. time, but like let's kind of just where did this all begin for
1: you? Yeah. So basically, um, it's a, well, it's a bit of a tragic story. So my my older brother, um, he was uh, hit by a car when he was a teenager. He uh, got some um, uh, compensation for that, but by the, by the time he actually got that through, he was already um, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, so he never actually got to, to, um, to use that, that money. So we got a bit of a small inheritance, uh, myself, my younger brother, and my mum. Uh, and I was able to use that as a deposit to buy a property at Woiwoi um, on the central coast of New South Wales, just north of Sydney in my hometown that I, that I grew up um and it's a very much a, a commuter area at that, at that time so there's like an hour and a half on the train down to sydney was just no work around and after about a uh about a year, I just got tired of, of the, the commute and decided to move to Queensland. I, I saw all the the ads in the paper because back then there was no internet, so I was always seeing the classified ads like, "Come and bring me out five acres in Jimboomba," and you know, thought I'd come up here and buy an acreage property and have a horse and all that kind of thing. So anyway, so I bought, I sold the property there um, to a friend. Didn't make any money. and I just just basically sold it for what I, I bought it for. Unfortunately, one of those those things. We just had a had a kept it. So I bought it for 120. It's worth about 900,000 now. Um, So and I I came up to Queensland. uh, just went right up until um, town of 1770, just looking for a place where I was going to settle. And then came back down and decided to buy in a place called Eagleby, which is uh, near Mm -hmm. Beenleigh. I knew nothing about the place. there was no research the only the only rationale that I had was that it was in between Brisbane and Gold Coast so I didn't know anyone and I didn't have any employment so I thought that's a good place to start so uh, right. so, so moved there lived there for a couple of years and then decided that I wanted to be in closer to the city um and then I moved out and rented that property and I I was doing share accommodation myself in the city so, yeah, rented that property, and then the tenant started being late on rent and uh, the really bad property manager. Um, I went around for an inspection, and there was holes all, you know punch holes all on the wall and you that was have, an Eagle bee? Eagerly, yeah, yeah. yeah so and you could quite t- easily tell that the the girl, the middle man was a bit of a junkie of some right. sort Right, uh, and that at that stage. I bought the property there for seventy-five thousand, um, and that was uh, and at one stage, properties in the street actually got down to as low as forty-five thousand. So it, it actually dropped. Um, so I couldn't sell. And then there was a little bit of a, a, a growth spurt. I think around year two thousand in mm-hmm. Brisbane, there was a bit of a bit of a growth spurt, and I. Was able to realise a huge capital gain of ten thousand dollars, <laughs> and I sold the property. So wow. um, again, again, yeah, could could have just kicked out the tenant and, and kept it, and and but at that stage, I sold it. In the meantime, I, you know, not using my money management very well, I'd gone out and used the equity out of the property to buy a car, wow. etc. So all these kind of common mistakes that you know now listening to all these podcasts I just like oh yes I've done, I'm done. <laughs> uh, so by the time I actually sold the property I didn't really have much much left there so yeah. and then I was basically out of the, the game for well, up until late 2020 so and so to-
0: like what, sorry to in- interject but mm-hmm. I'm just curious like what was it because you had taken equity out to buy a car like why did you decide to sell that property after it. Had kind of gone up or started to go up around the year two thousand.
1: Uh, I just back then I just wasn't very good with money. Um, just yeah, living paycheck to paycheck, didn't know much about investing. Um, I, I just what, you buy a house and you sell a house. You, you know, I didn't right. really know the process. Um, and then and and like I say, the, at one stage the actual prices in the street had actually dropped below the cost of. What it actually costed to buy. Yeah. So when I was actually able to sell it, pay off the loan and get a you know, like $10,000 in my bank account, I was like, okay, hey, it's time to sell.
0: So maybe so, the mentality was like, oh, what if that drop um, or that crash in prices happens again? Let me just sort of get out while I can yeah, while I'm still yeah. above and water. Again,
1: and again, now it's like, I just would have wish I would have held on to it. Yeah. Um, like, again, I'm looking on on the you know, different um, websites. It's, it's worth probably about four fifty five hundred dollars So dollars
0: you, you live know. and learn. Live
1: and learn. Yeah, okay, it kind of reminds me. it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But it, it just basically kept me out of the game for 20 years. And that was my mentality was I'm like, oh, well, uh, I just have to rent. You know, that's kind of where I was at. And I was just rented, rented, rented. Right. Uh, um, and my lifestyle was just traveling overseas um going out on weekends and just kind of living for the moment yeah
0: right and and did you rent because um you couldn't afford to buy a principal place of residence or were you kind of just because of lifestyle reasons you wanted to travel around travel the world just be more flexible not have any debt
1: yeah it was it was really just getting the deposit together uh again money management was probably one of the issues and just just spending it you know going out the weekend all the time you know and going like i used to travel overseas probably two or three times a year okay Uh, and just like i enjoyed myself yeah Uh, but i just yeah i I wish i had uh, saved a little bit more back then and got started but yeah. yeah
0: and i caught you before you were saying that um you were listening to lots of podcasts recently which is obviously fantastic I'm just curious because I genuinely don't know. Back in the '90s or even the early 2000s, was property investing like quite popular? I don't I don't know how to use that word prop properly, but like obviously, right now, I don't I don't want to say everyone wants to become a property investor. By no stretch of the imagination do they want to do that. But everyone knows of property investing. Everyone knows of the merits of property investing. Some people can be. Some people choose not to be but At least it's a legitimate way to to get ahead back, you know, 20 30 years ago. Um, was it a legitimate way? Like, were, were people talking about investing on a, at a you know, yeah. Sunday barbecue, or were it you just def- not in those circles? I'm not sure. No, it,
1: it definitely wasn't in my circle of, of friends or my family. Basically, we grew up in a housing commission. Um, it wasn't. It was like absolutely nice house commission. It was like on the coast. It wasn't like in the slums in Sydney or anything like that. Oh, um, but all my cousins and aunties and uncles, they were in the in the Sydney ones, like Mount Druitt, things like right. that. Right. Um, so we we never had that kind of topics at the the, the bar, family barbecues, etc. Mm. The only, only, only part of I, uh, property investing that I saw was like seeing the, the Sunday classifieds with the negative gearing head, headlines and buy a property and negative gear and things like that. And I believe I even went to a seminar once where they were trying to you know, do the whole negative gearing kind of
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, spiel. Um, but, yeah, but yeah, we just didn't know anything about money. Uh, it wasn't talked about. It wasn't um, taught at school. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so so it wasn't until till, till I, I moved to Queensland. Um, as I said, I was, I was out of the game for a while. Uh, probably, really, I think it was about I'm going to say 20 years ago. I did I I did a, uh, a real estate course, and I, I was actually a real estate agent for two years. Oh, so nice. that kind of yeah, that kind of educated me a little bit in the ways of property mm-hmm. and but again I didn't have the funds myself to actually go out and mm-hmm. and uh, purchase a, a property um, right. probably probably say I wasn't a great agent <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't like the cold calling that was like the, actual, when the people houses was great but the actual cold calling was like, I hated
0: it yeah real estate uh, agents have got it easy these days I reckon ten yeah, years it ago it wasn't quite like
1: this with before yeah. the
0: massive influx of migrants and house prices just going up and everything.
1: Yeah, so so, but but that, that gave me a little bit of a bit of knowledge about real estate, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I just didn't have enough to act on it. So, and then the, the next part of the journey was, but yeah, basically, like I have said we're just renting. Um, I met my current wife back in 2016. Um, she was from overseas. She came over, and um, when she got here, we actually got kicked out of our property. Um, okay. Yeah. But, um, Bad story. I, I invited a uh, a person from my work to stay at my property because well, he was in between houses, uh, and I went over overseas four, four weeks later. I come back and found out that he was actually a bit of a meth head um, and had trashed the property. So yeah, so police involved. Uh, he got charged, etc. But then the real estate found out, and, and I was evicted from the property. Yeah. Uh, so so we went from there. And, and for the next six months, we lived in this little granny flat underneath the house. Um, and like it was like, I don't think it was even a legal room, uh, but, but it was just a little place that we could have by ourselves um because after and, you get kicked out like
0: i assume your references are bad then and so it's hard to get a new place to rent is that how yeah, it works
1: yeah i, I don't know if, if the owner actually um checked the reference i told the owner the reason why and okay. and he seemed like a reasonable guy and i just told him the situation and yeah was yeah. Like, yeah so um but yeah it definitely could have been um but th- again that was actually good for me because of, here's my wife who's just come over From overseas and then she's there and I'm like okay well she's living in this dump with me um she's happy so so this is this one's you know looks like a keeper keeper. (laughs) so so, uh so yeah we, we started from nothing we were like in this little little granny flat underneath um and then yeah and then we just uh, again, we just travelled back and forth because um, she was on tourist visas, and you know we'd meet overseas. So again, I was just going through that lifestyle of, of travelling, mm-hmm. um, and then she was able to come over here and, and get her a permanent visa, uh, and then um, yeah, so what happened then? So then we we were able to rent out an a, a property, right. Um, so, and, and that's where we actually live now. And then, uh, just after that COVID happened and that's where the opportunities for us came about. Right.
0: Right. And what do you mean by opportunities for us came about? Cause I, you know, when someone mentions COVID you automatically think of like job losses and lockdowns yeah, and people yeah. doing it hard. So it'd be yeah,
1: definitely, like so I was one of these ones that actually fell in the cracks. So I was. Full time hours at my, my employment, but I was casually employed. Right. And I also used to do a little bit of part time Uber on the weekends, so I was a sole trader, and I used to like do four hours maybe on a Saturday, Sunday, just a little bit extra. Yeah, extra sure. Time. But what that happened is when they did the the, the job was the jobkeeper, mm-hmm. um, seven hundred and fifty dollars a week because I was a sole trader and I was casually employed. I actually qualified for the, for the job keeper okay so I, I was like straight away i said to my wife i think we have a chance here to put this money aside and and get together a, a deposit for a house you right so so we we set about to like okay let's do let's do this like we, we've got this income that's free income i qualify for it let's just Pull out the money, money aside. We started really tidying up our bank accounts, just cutting out all the unnecessary spending, um, and just putting money aside each site, each week. And that's when I really started listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. I, I just so many, you know, podcasts, and I'm just around of work. I basically, I'm, I'm a forklift driver, so mm-hmm. I'm I've got the little earbud in my, my my ear, got the headphones on, and I just go around and I'm just tuning out, listening to all, the, all these. Podcast, and yours, and yours was one that came come up in in the list. You know, it must have been a sponsored ad or something, but yours was one of those ones. I don't do
0: sponsored probably. ads, but yeah, I get it.
1: No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just the, the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's it, um, so I just started listening to all these podcasts about um, about investing, and I was just as you said before, just getting these little nuggets out of each one, and just go, oh yes, yes, okay, yeah, and and then the more i listened to them i could you know i could tell okay this person's really spooking this type of right. thing because, yeah like you, if you listen to enough, you can kind of start to, to peel back layers and and mm. see what their real motivation is um but that was my my motivation was to basically just get one little bit of information out of each podcast and i thought mm. that, that was worthwhile right so yeah so, so that so that was the, the the start, and then the government announced that you can pull money out of superannuation. Mm-hmm. And again, I thought, okay, and everyone's like, no, you don't pull out money out of superannuation. And, I'm, and I'm not, I said, I had a talk to my wife, and I said, I'm going to do it, I'm going to pull money out, this is the extra bonus that we need for, a, for our deposit. So it's like I'm not pulling it out to buy a car, I'm yeah. not pulling it out for a holiday, I'm, yeah. I'm Pulling it out to to get this deposit, so that's what I did. I pulled out the twenty thousand uh, dollars, and then and then with the job keeper plus our savings that we, we were saving for six months, plus the the um, uh, superannuation money, we had enough money for a deposit.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. I'm curious to ask you because I know there'll be so many people that are watching or listening that are in your position that you were in back then, but they're in that position now where they're like. Oh, I've only got 10,000 saved. Like I get DMs all the time on, on different mm-hmm. social platforms, PK, you know, I want to do your course. I want to buy a property. I've got $10,000. I'm like, just hold your horses, you know, like there's no point wasting your money on my course if you can't afford a property like anytime soon. Yeah, that's right. yeah. So like my question to you is like, just from your own experience, you know, you mentioned you really tidied up your um your bank bank accounts and things like that. What did you kind of, I don't know if it's too personal to ask, but like, what did you cut back on? Like in terms of expenditure, your household expenses so that you could, you know, increase that deposit and could increase that savings. I'm just, I'm just asking from the purpose of like trying to inspire people who are like not quite there in terms of like 60,000, 70,000, $50,000 deposit and, and don't really know their path to get there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. We just cut back any unnecessary spending so try to really reduce our takeaways our, our eating out if we did eat out i tried to take it out some cash each week so it didn't have all these itemized charges on our on our, uh, our statements so there right. wasn't like oh look they're going to the do very so, so i just tried to have a little bit of cash withdrawn each week right and if we were going to eat out i'd pay cash
0: Okay, this is for borrowing capacity, you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that way
1: it didn't, you know, if they, if they look down at the list, they weren't, weren't seeing 10 times of takeaway. Sure, sure. Like that. So um, not that we we're eating 10 times a week, but <laughs> yeah. that's uh, – and I think we even canceled gym memberships. Um, I think I reduced the Netflix subscription. Just, just little things, just to yeah. really re- reduce the spending. Um, and I think I also – might have prepaid some bills as well. So when okay. it made, again, when it got to submitting the three months worth of bank statements, it was just a lot cleaner.
0: Right. And I, I really vibe with what you're saying around, you know, I mean, although I wasn't a forklift driver, I always tried to have like my headphones on and listening to different podcasts when I was starting and in the middle of my journey, because you just don't know what you what you can pick up. And like more than that, for me, it was like a sense of, support like a a backbone or someone to lean on even though they don't know who i am but if i listen to that same podcaster or you know different podcasts but just kind of um how do you say like melting into that community then i'm like okay at work or in my friend circle no one's really this motivated no one's really into like getting financially ahead but I can kind of see that these podcasters or their guests are like my virtual friends, quote unquote. And it it feels nice. You're like, you know, I just remember like always driving to um, work. This is when I was used to work for Virgin. I used to put my headphones on in the car and I was like, this is my happy space, you know, my 20 minute drive to work. I'm like, that was like the happiest time during the day. Um, Cause I was like, just, I was learning and I was like, I was feeling like I was with like-minded people. So I think what you said, I can definitely relate with, and I hope everyone can relate with, because yeah, it's kind of, you you need to be around the right association to get ahead.
1: Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I say, so like a couple of examples of of just things that I picked out of of podcasts was Mm -hmm. um, when we, so when we decided to buy our first property, we were going to originally going to buy our, our principal place of residence. But as I said, we were living in an NRAS property, so we're only paying like $300 a week rent for it. Can you explain
0: what that means for everyone who does not Yeah, so
1: I think the scheme is almost at its end, but basically it was a a government scheme, national rental affordability scheme. So the tenant paid, I believe 75% of the market value and the government would pay the other 25% direct to the landlord in a way of like a tax Refund or something yeah. like that, yeah. um, but basically meant in that in instead of us paying four hundred and twenty dollars week rent, we only had to pay three hundred dollars week rent. But you had to, you had to be under under a certain income level to do that. Yeah. Um, and I we I think we just scraped under that, and by buy about a thousand dollars, so we just, <laughs> just got it under there. So, but it, it enabled us to get this this property. So we were like, we can't afford to, to buy where we are with the deposit that we had. And we're just we're only five minutes away from work so let's maybe look at uh, buying in- investment property so that's when I started I got the realestate.com map and I'm just scanning all around the map put the, put in the, the, the price and I, and I every night after work I was just laying in bed and just doing my research and, and oh that's that's the area I'll keep an eye on, keep an eye on it, eye on it. Mm-hmm. eventually found a property at Logan home mm-hmm. and so straight away I ad- identified that this looks like it's actually under market value, and I had a look at other properties in that. There's, there's a gated community, right. um, separate standalone houses, but in a gated community. And mm-hmm. straight away, I thought this property is at least forty 000 to fifty thousand underneath what the other properties are selling for. Yeah. Raced down there, um, found out that it had been vacant for two months, and this is at the height of COVID. Everyone's panicking, and this is
0: twenty twenty, like mid twenty twenty or something.
1: Yeah, it's like. Uh, September, September, right. yeah. Right. yeah so and around it,
0: that time, it's like unemployment's going up and like the economy's going down. And there's like, yeah, this is like, this is yeah, the peak yeah. COVID, the first time. That, that,
1: that, that was the, the, the kind of peak panic, and everyone's going, yeah. oh, the market's going to crash. So I saw an, an opportunity where other people might have panicked, uh, but I saw an opportunity. of thought this is a great time to buy. Um, so, you know, we were ready, we had our deposit, um, found out that the owner was in New Zealand, they just wanted to sell a property, it had been vacant for a little while, and they'd had a couple of contracts crashed. So I'm, I'm ready for this property, went in there, straight away inspected it, um, knew it was vacant. So one of the things that I heard on a previous podcast was if it's vacant, put in a clause there that you could actually go in after it's unconditional and do some renovations. Yeah. So I put that clause in there and once it we went un- unconditional, we went in there because it had been a rental for 20 years. Mm-hmm. So we went in there, it had, had the old beige walls and kind of like very 2000s. Mm-hmm. So we went in there, spent maybe $2,000, $2,500, fresh coat of paint, nice bright white paint and, and just changed the, the kitchen cupboard door handles and just kind of made it a little bit little bit fresher Sure. Um, even there was like an old air conditioner on the wall it worked great but it was just discolored and had that yellow and kind of yeah i know what you're saying yeah so we took that off spray painted it made it look new because it, it it was just fantastic it just yeah. it just looked old uh, so we had it already uh, it was an on-site manager he already had it advertised for us and we had a tenant move in two days after settlement.
0: Amazing. So it was yeah. just vacant because it was like cosmetically it didn't look the best. That was the reason yeah, it, was
1: I, it moved uh, the tenant moved out. I think the um the New Zealand owners decided to sell it and then they just had a couple of people um their contract fell over with finance or right, right. whatever. I, I was actually a backup contract. So okay. we, we went in there and there was already a contract on the property um, and I put it in a, a backup contract because it was a single mother. She was trying to draw equity out of her parents' property. So that had the value up, et cetera, et cetera. Right, right. So that fell over um, and then and then we, we got the contract.
0: There you go. I mean, that that just shows that, you know, if even if a property is under contract or you haven't been successful as the top bidder, keep pursuing a property if you really think it's valuable because yeah, contracts crash all the time and people change their minds all the time. I do want to ask you, you said you were like really confident that this is the best time to buy property at that kind of peak despair moment when everyone was watching like um, zombie apocalyptic movies um, and things like that. What made you so confident? Because like, I can understand if someone has been in the financial markets, is super money savvy and is like, okay, you know, when something like this happens, COVID or mass lockdown or huge recessions, then the next thing that happens is obviously huge money, monetary stimulus, fiscal stimulus, and then asset prices rise. Like people who are kind of in the know, they they kind of know that. And maybe you did as well. But I'm just curious, like what made you so confident given your background of um like you hadn't really invested so much?
1: Yeah, yeah. Again, it was just listening to podcasts and just getting knowledge. And, and I just I just felt that people would panic sell. Right. And and, and that was the situation. I, I identified straight away that this property was easily under market value. Uh, and, and, again, I used the building and pest to actually get another $7,000 worth of purchase price as well. Oh, nice. So, so I, I knew that even though I got it at a set steel, I'm still going to try to get more of it. You listen
0: to a lot of podcasts. You accumulated a lot of
1: those golden nuggets. It's great. It's fantastic. So so I, I, that's what I I did, and um, uh, so you know, so that that property went through. Um, In the meantime, I was still doing more research. I was um, uh, replying to different forums on Facebook about property investing, and um, and I come across an idea about investing in um, self-managed super fund. Right. Which I again I never heard of before, so I, I started doing some research about that. Um, and yeah, so I, the next step is what I actually uh, transferred and started up my own self managed super fund and right. bought, bought a property within, within that. Right, is that one in Brisbane as well? Yeah, so that's on the north side of Brisbane, that's in uh, Petrie. Okay. Nice. Um, uh, again, that was a, another little place that we were looking at um, as well, um, and I identified. And I, I didn't really get this one under too much on the market value, but I, I got it at a good price. Right. A, a solid price. But, but, and this is the problem with like these NRAs schemes and probably the defence schemes and and NDIS etc. The original owner, I think, they bought the property for three hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, we got it for two hundred and fifty. Wow. Yeah, eight, eight years later. So, so yeah. they were they were obviously sold on the, the big promise of oh, negative gearing and yeah. And, you know, and they paid the developer price, um, but right. I, yeah. So and so yeah, so they 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 made a substantial loss on that one.
0: Okay, which well, just goes to show. But try to buy established properties unless yeah. you're developing them yourself and not just paying
1: someone else. So that's so that, that so that property sold, I think, it was ten days after the other one. So I was oh, like, no yeah. Way. So you're so actually I doing, doing like, two
0: almost simultaneously.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's
0: crazy. <laughs> it's like it's almost like you know you took a break for twenty years and then you just dive right. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, like,
1: I just, I just saw an opportunity and, and I, I, I guess I thought my biggest thing is like, if you see the opportunity to take it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and that's what I, I saw. And I came across different information. I was like, oh, I never never expected that. And yeah. I didn't have a big super balance. I had like, maybe 110 after my $20,000 withdrawal,
0: right?
1: And, ever, and everyone was saying, Oh, you need at least $200,000. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I inquired and I said, No, that's just like a recommendation. Yeah. And and again, I'm like, well, I see an opportunity here that I could do this and buy a property. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what that's what I did. So um, and again, that property uh, I got it for 250. It's probably worth 450 now.
0: Sure, and probably the same as the Logan um, home one is it like, how much did you buy that for? Do you know how much it's worth? Yeah, now? So
1: after the building in pest kind of knock 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 down on the price, so, um, it was 245, and it's probably worth 450, 460 at the moment.
0: Right. And the, are they kind of paying for themselves? I mean, the super one you have to put in, I assume, like 30% deposit or something like that?
1: Yeah, um, I think it was
0: a 20%. 20% uh, even under your SMSF? Yep, yeah, yep.
1: Yeah. Oh, was, nice. Yeah, I think it was about a $80,000 deposit. Right. Um, uh, but it, it, it's all self-sufficient. Um, that, that property, uh, I'm actually paying off aggressively. Um, so all, all the funds available go into that and, and I'm, I'm 52 now. My, my aim is by time of 60, it's completely paid off. Right. So hey, the, the goal is to pay that property off within 10 years.
0: Okay. So is that your strategy over the next eight, eight or 10 years that you just want to keep these two and aggressively pay them off? Or are you looking to add more to the portfolio?
1: Yeah. Uh, so, so what happened next with us is that, um, the the property that we were renting, the NRAS property that we were renting, the owner just the owner just decided to sell this property. Uh, so we were like, I'm gonna move, you know, and, yeah. and then and then it's like, oh, we might be able to pull equity out of Logan Home. Mm-hmm. So so that's what we we went to the mortgage, um, got it uh, the, the broker, we got it revalued. Oh, okay, yeah, we've got a deposit there. Okay, and now do we have the serviceability? our serviceability was a little bit low um, and then we uh, looked like we couldn't buy where we're living.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we went to a different broker and he did his magic and said, oh, you can offer $40,000 more. Oh, okay. So we put in an, an offer of 400 for the place that we're, we're in now. Yeah. Um, again, knowing that the other properties in this complex are selling <clears throat> for 440, 450. Mm-hmm. Um and the owner accepted it. So, off, nice. so it was an off-market kind of deal. It didn't go officially to market. Right. Um, so the owner accepted it. And again, it was because it was one of his ANRAS property, he bought it for 387 and nine years later sold it for four hundred. So it didn't yeah. make <laughs> and he's paid it's paid the retailer price, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so now we, we're in here, we have the investment property in the, in the self super fund and the one in, in Logan home.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And um, how, what's the kind of dynamic with your, with your partner, with your wife? It, like, I'm just asking this once again, because oftentimes there's kind of one person in a relationship that spearheads the finances and, the other person can either be supportive in the background or like a little bit antagonistic like oh what's the point in taking all this risk what was that kind of uh, if you're if you're comfortable sharing what was that kind of a dynamic in um in your case?
1: Yeah you know, initially she was very very hesitant to get into debt because like um and I had to explain to her about good debt and bad debt mm-hmm. um and and then once she understood that. And what it was actually going to do for us, um, she came on board. Um, she, like anyone, she hates filling in all the forms and you know, all the requests. Like, oh, why do I have to kind of, you know, provide these forms? More? But, but she knew that it was in in, you know, in the best interest. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, we're we're basically yeah we're on board together as far as I'm. The, I'm the one that does all the research, but then I I'll, I'll talk to her and say, hey, what about this place here or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah, so we 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 both have a vision of you know hopefully getting at least one more property.
0: Yeah. Oh nice one, nice one. It's but, always helpful, you know, when, when both people are on the same page, even though one person's maybe a little bit more passive, the other one's more active. It it's really helpful over the long term for a sustainable portfolio. like you're saying for for both of them at least to be on the same page eventually. Uh, Because yeah, like when you refinance, there's more paperwork, you might be interest rates go up and might be negative geared for like a little while before like rents rise again. Not that that's the case in in your instance, but it really helps. I I really liked how, yeah, you just educate the other person and you just let the data and the logic kind of do the talking as opposed to like, just trust me and like, you know, I'll pay you back or whatever.
1: Yeah, so like, like, even though that at the moment we're not in the market to to go again because of the interest rate, right? We just don't have the serviceability. Mm-hmm. Uh, I every every week, probably even every day, I'm still checking out the market. Really? I'm checking I'm checking out the prices of our our three properties. I'm checking out all different areas, and that way, if we are in the position, at least I have a little bit of a background of mm-hmm. I don't have to try to do catch up. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm still listening to, to property podcasts every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's, it's just research. You've got to do your research, and, and that it's, it's either do it yourself, pay someone else, do a course such as yours, but you, you've got to do the research. You know, if you yeah. go in, if you are going blind, you're just going to, you know, you're going to fail.
0: No, hundred percent. I really like that. Actually, that. You just, you just put the work in, like, you know, the, you don't have to do the course, you know, you can, you yeah, can it, just put the work it, in yourself yeah. and that's what you did. And I think it's sort of like,
1: Like I say, the, the oh, I've we, we've made mistakes. You know, we, we've made mistakes. There's, there's like, in hindsight, there's things that we probably should have done that would have a better outcome. Um, Such as when we bought the property at Logan home, uh, at that time, my wife was still a foreign resident. So we didn't put her on the title um, to avoid the foreign residence tax. Mm-hmm. But that means that if we sell that property, um, there's a all well, the capital again goes to me.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm the higher income earner and I also pay child support. So it gets added on my child support right. as well. So it's like a, if we sell that property, I, I would actually love to sell that property right now to split it into uh, two uh, deposits. Right, but it's we're a little bit hamstrung by it because it's like if we sell it, it's it's gonna get taken away by a capital gains tax and child support. So yeah. it, it's pro- it's probably a ten year um, uh, investment at least for that yeah. one to, to get past. So that's one thing. Um, yeah, it's just there's mistakes along the way, and and, and the more research you do, the, the better, you know. Uh,
0: and how was your process? Because I know you said you went through a broker or two. How how did you build that team around you of like the conveyance, uh, mortgage broker? I mean, I'm sure you got some um, accounting or, or tax advice at some point. Uh, did you just kind of go on different forums, different podcasts and try and yeah. error?
1: Yeah, again, on, on lots of different forums and Facebook kind of forums and pages and self-managed super fund pages and all this type of type of thing, and just just lots of reading, lots of research. Um, you know, I'm lucky that I have a lot of downtime in my position sometimes. <laughs> I hope, hope my boss doesn't watch this. <laughs> uh, um, and and uh, yeah, so just it's just a, just reading and research. And, if, and if, it, if it's something you don't know, just reach out to somebody. Yeah. Uh, like if, like if you if you don't know it, like get help.
0: Yeah. Don't so. don't guess and, and don't don't hope it's going to work out. Just ask. There's always someone that there, there's that's there to help you. Like someone who's yeah. more knowledgeable. They may not be an expert. They may not be perfect. But if they just know a little bit more than you, then you, there's something you can learn from them.
1: That's like, right. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. Yeah. been my philosophy. Um no that's amazing. And so are you still driving forklifts at the moment?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I've got today is a, a day off. I, I only work four days a week, 10 hour days. So it's, right. today's a, a day off. But but yeah, so that, that's our kind of our journey at the moment. Um, as I said, just with the rate rises, we're kind of really could um, to put a bit of a stop. At, it's you know we are feeling the squeeze. There's no doubt about that, like a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't have to solar or anything like that. But we definitely have had that talk about discretionary spending and like, do we need this? Do we need to eat out? Do we need to do these type of things? So yeah, right. Um, um but hopefully that'll that'll change soon um yes. but yeah
0: yeah and what's um what's kind of like your biggest advice to someone who let's say rewind back to when you're in the year 2020 or sorry year 2000 or year 2001 year 2002 you're you've picked up that property right and you just and you sold it and then like you don't really do anything for the let next 15 almost 20 years for someone who is in that phase of their life like let's say much younger they're not sure about real estate they're not even sure about whether real estate investing can work or they're just treading water like maybe they're not um they're not really focusing on saving to build a deposit and buy their first investment or their first place to live in they're just renting year after year after year. not investing just renting because rent money is dead money unless you're rent investing, right yeah, like what's right. kind of like some words of wisdom because you're all, obviously you've been there and done that now um some something that you can say to help these types of folks
1: yeah like i say it's it comes down to like if you want anything you have to make some sacrifices and at that time i wasn't making those, those sacrifices i was um, living for the weekend living living for my holidays you know so um it, it sacrifices reach out like if if you have family that are able to to lend you some money to get a part a part even a partial deposit to get it that is better than nothing um there's a lot of in, in, like schemes on out, out there at the moment it's the first home buyers etc cetera, etc cetera. um just if you can get your foot in the market like i say we We only bought a property for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So you you know, it we didn't buy like this one million dollar mansion. You know. So we bought the best property that we could with the money that we had.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's 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 like and we were rent vesting. So like Hmm. if you're living if you're living at home as a as a twenty something and you're still living at home like try to put some money away try try to get enough deposit where you could buy an investment property rent vest for a while watch that that property hopefully grow if you've done the research and 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 you've got to grow, um, a head start yeah
0: do the best with what you have like you don't that, need that's that's so many resources just try to be resourceful and like just because you can't buy in the place that you live like let's say brisbane or sydney or whatever There's other places where still to this day, you can buy properties under 300, 350, 400K, you know, whether it's Perth or South Australia, or regional Queensland, and obviously do your research, don't just buy and whoop whoop, but yeah, it's not, I don't want to say excuse because that sounds quite aggressive, but it's really not like any, there's no reason just to sit on your hands. There's always properties that you can afford. Provided you you've sacrificed and you've built a deposit of like fifty,
1: sixty, seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I think our deposit was forty five thousand dollars. Oh, there you go. That that's that's what we had. Uh, I believe it was about forty five thousand dollars, and that was enough to get us started. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't you know it wasn't earth earth shattering, mm-hmm. um, but but that was enough to and then I was able to identify a property that. Was the best property that we could buy for
0: that money. Yeah, that's so good to hear. I, I really like this story. It's uh it sort of shows how you know you can also recover from a false start, like you know, and and it's never too late. Like you could have rested on your laurels and said, Oh look. I'm almost 50 now, you know, <laughs> my life's gone away from me. There's no point going down this like financial independence or setting myself up for retirement. I just like wait for the doll or wait for my pension from the government. But no, you took your future into your own hands and, and credit to both yourself and and your wife as well. So I really love to hear it. And hopefully this does serve to inspire people and educate people and also give them the realization of what's what's possible. It's not groundbreaking it's not like this oh 10 properties in two years kind of story but this is just like reality this is what everyday people are doing they're actually hustling and they're actually making sacrifices for their future and and i hope people can um take a leaf out of that
1: yeah well basically we in the space of three years we've gone from you know renting um to now we're at a position with the, the the market values that if we sold where we live now Paid out the loan and went and and lived out our investment property at Logan home. Mm-hmm. So we'd almost be mortgage-free in the space of three years. That's crazy. So, we'd so have like a fifty thousand dollars mortgage.
0: Uh, so, so, so from renting to like being basically mortgage-free, if you wanted to, like in three years, like that's
1: that, that's actually something remarkable. Um, yeah. So, so it, it, it is possible, I'm, and I'm I'm no financial whiz kid or anything like that. So. So it is possible. Um, so if, if there's anyone that's at like my age or or well, even older, younger, it doesn't matter. Like you, you, it's never too late. Yeah. Uh, um, but you just got to make a start. In, and if you identify a chance, yeah, you have to take that chance. Take you have that to chance. Take chance. That's what you, you did. did. You with, just you saw the opportunity it. and you ran with it. Yeah, but be, it's got to be an educated chance. Like right. I want to just risk your money. It's like you you have to do the research.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I, I really appreciate your time. And and if it's okay with you, when I, when I do post this, of course, on the podcast, but on the Facebook group, I'll tag you. And Definitely. um, if people want to reach out and, and just to be clear, like Steve has not done my course and Steve yeah. has nothing yeah. to sell you. Like he's not like a buyer's agent or mortgage broker in disguise or anything like that. No, he's no. literally just like just an everyday person who's, who's right. literally just volunteered to try to help everyone, which I, I really, really appreciate. So yeah, if you just want like real advice from someone who has no agenda, DM him or or, or put a question in the comments on that video.
1: I've got plenty of time at work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But no, I really appreciate it, Steve. And um, yeah, I think there needs to be more people in the world like you. It's really cool how you're giving back.
1: Yeah, no problem at all.
0: All right. Well, thank you everyone. And and hopefully this is kind of different. I haven't really done this before, but if you do want these kinds of just real stories from real people, you know, what's and all successes, failures, and they're not selling anything. So there's no like lining of agenda, then please let me know in the comments, leave a yes. And that will just bring you more and more of this type of value so that you can, you know, be educated because Like uh, Steve alluded to as well, the best investment is really in yourself. And that's exactly what he did. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you, Steve, again.
1: No problem.